0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We want to move forward in our sermon series, but the Lord has, amen, interjected now a revival message. My God, and he wants to, amen, say that it is yet a living truth. But, amen, interjecting now, amen, putting our women's study on a little hold, but uh, the Lord knows that uh, certain things he's trying to breathe freshly upon us, we're unable to be uh, benefited by them because our souls need to be repositioned in such a way that each and every one of us, all of our souls will come together, amen, and that we will now have a harmony that the Holy Ghost brings, harmony that the Holy Ghost brings, he brings it, my God. He tries to, amen, and instill it in each and every one of us. He starts at the individual level because he knows how each and every one of us are wired. We need revival, but it has to begin in each and every one of us individually. Let the Lord be your personal Savior, but let him be your Lord. He has to be Lord. Help him. Oh, help him to help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 we thank you we thank you lord we're going to be in amos uh three three i'm going to read in two different versions to your hearing and in psalm 25 verse 14 two different um versions will be read to your hearing we want to look at this as our anniversary month uh message for anything not right god's going to set it in order Amen, amen, amen. And we don't want to, amen, hide our feet. Let God come on in and wash our feet so that we can walk and not be weary. Wash our feet so we could run and not faint. Wash our feet so we could be, you know, in the will of God. Amen. We don't want to be out of the will of God. You could be doing a good thing, but in the wrong setting. Amen. That's still wrong. Amen. You could, amen, be all gung-ho, zealous, doing this and doing that. And God will say, I'm not intimate with you. I did not send you to do that. Depart from me. I know you not. We don't want that. Do we want God to be our enemy? No, you want Jesus to be your what? Your friend. You want him to be your own. I am your own. Walk with me. Be my friend. Hallelujah. Look at Amos 3.3. It says, can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. That's the King James Version. Bible in um, basic English version, BBE version. Amos 3.3 3 says, is it possible for two to go walking together if not by agreement? Now we go swiftly into the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 25, verse 14, King James Version reads as thus, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Uh, uh, Psalm 25, 14 now in the Message Bible. Uh, God friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. A lot of folks say they know the Lord, but is he really confiding in them? Are they God worshipers or self-worshippers? You can even worship your subcultural ecclesiastical institution where you worship your denomination. You might be worshiping that. Sometimes we worship the process of worship. Some people do that but we want to have God as our covenantal friend because he's come in and done some things. Amen. You look at all the covenants in the Bible, it shows a picture of the process that God takes to get to us. That's why uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of times you see the word Yehovah in there because he's Jehovah dash. That's his hyphenated name. Yehovah what? Amen. Yehovah Nisi. What is he? Your banner. Because we used to march under the banner of the devil, but Jesus got his banner. Now Jesus is my what? Yehovah Nisi. Amen. My banner. My God. His banner over me is love. Amen. Thank God. He's got to be Rafa. He's got to, amen, heal. Amen. He's, he's got to be sick canoe. He's got to be your righteousness. Amen. Thank God. He's got to do it. He he wants to, amen, be your rohi, your shepherd. He wants to be a lot of things. But do we allow him to be those things? My God. So, yes, let, let God be Jehovah, whatever he needs to be in your life. Then you will be truly his covenantal disciple. Here at the realm, we have covenantal disciples, and it's highly important to know uh, the Lord, uh, and uh, those who with, with whom you will work to advance the kingdom of the Most High God. We work together to do that. And when we assemble together correctly, attending to a common purpose, working with one accord uh, in, in, uh, in the effort to achieve an ideal, in essence, we are enacting our privilege of being in covenant it's a privilege. I was glad when they said to me what let us, what go to the house of the Lord. We, we, we're about our what? Father's business when we do that. Amen. We are, we're supposed to be following after the guidance of the one and true living God. Uh, we put all of our trust in him, and you know his name, Jesus. Amen. This message will reveal Jesus as the divine confidant. Amen. We want to see him as what the divine confidant. Amen. That's the name of this message. And who is the divine confidant? We have to know Jesus like that. Is he your friend for real? Songs have gone out and been written, Jesus is a friend of mine, and what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. All these songs about Jesus being a friend, but is he really your friend? not the kind on Facebook. People got thousands of quote-unquote friends. Those are not really what friends for real, for real. My God. One of the highest distinguishing characteristics of a covenant disciple is that they can hear and obey the voice of the Lord Jesus. True fellowship can develop among those that assemble with such character in the name of the Lord. They live to advance his kingdom personally and as a church corporately as living sacrifices. We're not supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be what? Lively stones, but fit jointly together. Not fighting each other. Living sacrifices every single day. Now, the word confidant, it has confiding, confiding in it. Amen. We do things uh, in a confiding way. We trust in someone and we're able to move together with them. Confiding in someone who is not completely dedicated to confiding in God usually cultivates some kind of contention, some kind of temptation, something Uh, is put in the way now that causes us to walk contrary to the will of God. It makes us not experience the complete happiness in Jesus. I'm happy, what, in Jesus alone, but the devil always tries to find a way to put a monkey wrench in there somewhere. My God. The scripture asks, can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. There has to be a submission of some kind by both parties. Who or what we submit to works to define our purpose and goals. What do you spend a major amount of time doing? Who do you hang with? Who are your cut buddies? Uh, Who do you text the most? My God, I wish we could text Jesus. You probably heard the old saying, birds of a feather, you know it. Flock, flock together. Sometimes I I look at people flopping together. People, especially adolescents and young adults, tend to hang in packs. We tend to look for someone who, who will validate us, lift us up, and make us smile and laugh. Amen. Sometimes we look for those who may compliment us you know, uh, but we tend to stay away from those that compete with us or who seemingly critique us in what feels like a negative reprimand. My God, let the Holy Ghost talk. God said, uh, bring in a strategic pause and let that marinate. Amen. So as it seems, our so-called friends could be soulish, and physically based more than they are what spiritually based that seems to be the order of our modern world soul and body right and then maybe perhaps we might consider the spirit we might take him out of time out maybe we might pull off the duct tape from his mouth maybe let him speak oftentimes we are willing to ignore the very thought of difference even if the difference is deadly, just to be valued, that's more important these days, according to our soul's wishes. You know what the soul is made of, right? Intellect, passion, the seat of your emotions, your will, right? How you think. But the question is, can you really completely trust your soul? The history behind the first scripture reference we read can help us with this very analysis. The book of Amos reveals God's great concern for justice. Justice is needed. Amen. You don't want to, amen, go before the court, my God, and you're the victim. And then all of a sudden seems like the enemy won. That's bad. Is that justice? My God. A close study of what went wrong in the nations of Israel and Judah helps us to know how God wants us to be practical about justice and not just talk or think about it. Justice should be relational. We relate to people in a certain way. Promoting good relationships between people and between groups of people is what it should be about. Injustice only does what? Break down healthy communities, right? Breaks down covenant fellowships, etc. Amen. And then you have uh, families with great dysfunctions until sometimes families break apart. Same thing happens in churches. My God. When that happens, you will find the breeding of anger, the breeding of hostility, the breeding of even violence. My God true worship will be hindered when these evils develop. That is Satan's strategy, you know, to supplant and to pervert things, right? You can have a move of God, but of course, the devil's going to come and have a contrary movement. We prayed through to get the church going, and of course, the devil, P-R-E-Y, prayed against the move of God, He comes to bring hindrances. He works strategically like a chess master. Starts when folk are very young and get them into things and join this and join that. Be a part of this. Be a part of that. And it'll work slowly sometimes until there's an implosion, until it, you know, manifests itself much later. My God. But God created us to enjoy good relationships with him and with one another. But of course, injustice breaks holy covenants, and most importantly, breaks God's heart. My God, God uh, oftentimes has a broken heart. You know, Jesus cried a few times in the scripture that we saw the revelation of. Amen. He probably cried more than that. This is what was happening in Israel and Judah nations that should have represented God's heart, but instead sought communion with that which was far from it. As holy representations, they were supposed to stand firm in their faith and uphold justice rather than stand passively and observe the helpless being taken advantage of as well as indulge in such practices. They had a divine appointment but you know what? They neglected it and abandoned it eventually, breaking covenant with God. Did God leave them? No, but did they leave God? Yes. And they lived to look religious while doing whatever they wanted to do, however they wanted to do it. They did whatever was right in their own eyes. That was when a not-so-wealthy rancher of Judah was sent to the religious headquarters in Israel with a call for social justice and for both Israel and Judah to return to the Lord. He wanted revival to happen. God wanted revival. He sent his revivalists to help the folk to hear what thus saith the Lord. He was appointed by the Lord to become his writing prophet, not so much speaking, but more so writing. He's the author of the book that bears his name. Within its nine chapters, we find divine revelation about the very heart of God. Mm. God sent Amos to the surrounding nations that Israel and Judah apparently mimicked morally. They mimicked them socially. They mimicked them even spiritually Those nations were to be judged by God based solely on the general moral conscience he placed within us all. The Syrians, the Philistines, the Phoenicians, the Edomites, the Ammonites, and the Moabites— Uh, They were all condemned by their sins of greed, injustice. They were lying on other people. They were stealing. They were even murdering and so on. There is a lot more evidence about faulty friendships found in the book of Amos than we have time to deal with in this one sermon. For this is a revival message that will come and go. But I hope you bear the most earnest heed lest you let anything slip for the church needs revival. My God. When revival comes, God is setting up. I hear the Spirit saying right now, he said, put this interjection in there. I've come to set up camp. Amen. And sometimes you see businesses, they have a new sign, new and improved. God's getting ready to do something like that. So, however, uh, even though Amos is set up like that, showing what it's showing, It is prophetically crucial that we consider certain personal and interpersonal developments in our very midst, in the very midst of our personal lives and in the life of our church that the Spirit must and wants to and must deal with until reform is experienced. He may drop this word right here and right now, but he's going to keep working until, amen, thus saith the Lord. Because when God's word goes out, what it accomplishes, you know, what it is set up to do. Amen. So let us first remember 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have what? Fellowship with Jesus, with God, and walk in darkness, dark kind of ways. We are lying and we do not live by the truth. In everything we do and in all the relationships we have, we must remember in no uncertain terms that God will not compromise his holiness. Is he going to let anybody mess with it, change it, make it adulterated? No. He's going to keep it pristine, isn't he? Thank God. He will not allow his holiness to be uh, compromised, and he will never accommodate sin. Never. Never. He will not tolerate it. My God, my God, my God. We know the spirit in this world today. A lot of times, uh, becomes enamored in certain levels with sin. Some more obvious than others. Sometimes we're walking in sin and may not even realize it. We redefine things often by misquoting the Bible or going by some false teaching we heard and then adding our own poetic justice to it to make it even worse. But Jesus gave the church specific strategic commands about how we are to relate to him and how we are to relate to each other Uh, For what reason? So that those who have not completely committed their lives to him, allowing him to, you know, to take residence, to become the shepherd of their soul, cannot say that they are walking uh, in agreement with someone who has done so. My God, he wants us all to be right. No one will be uh, of an excuse, have an excuse at all. God's a righteous judge like that. He will work until there's, you know, all the kinks are worked out. Every dot and tittle is accomplished. God has come that we will not have spot or wrinkle. Amen. He's going to keep working until that that stain gets out. My God, old days used to beat clothes on the rock by the river. I guess some of us just going to keep getting the spanking we need and get that sin out until it's gone. But how many years are we going to be in the spanking room? My God, it's time to grow up and get out of the spanking room. My God, and get out there. My God, and do some damage to the enemy's camp. Take back what the devil stole. My God, I've come to hang up all of my certificates from hell and say, no, I'm divorcing you, devil. Amen. You thought you had a hold on me, but I'm letting you go. My God, any little dark thing the Holy Ghost shows about you, you got to be ready to do that. The older you get in the Lord, the more repentant you might have to do. You got to stay clean because every a new level, there's a new devil. And he's going to try to hinder you, stop you. My God, we got to amen. Obey God at every turn. This is the day that the Lord has made. We have to make that proclamation every single day. Because the devil will come and get you all cozy and make you think you have to do absolutely nothing. But God said, when you wake up from the rising of the sun to the going down of the saints, there is the fight of good, the good fight of faith. Amen? And you got to fight. We got to fight. And obeying the Lord requires that good fight of faith. We got to obey the commands of Christ. And those commands must be the foundation upon which we walk, uh, not in partial agreement, but in complete agreement. This is why Amos 3.3 asks, can two walk together except they be what? Agreed. Notice it does not say partially agreed. As born again Christians, if you had that birth, you will realize that you cannot correctly relate to non-Christians, right? Until you learn how to correctly relate to each other. The church needs to learn how to relate to each other. There's so much topsy-turvy going on because we allow the devil to come on in with us. My God, and he's seeking whom he may devour, even to fool the very elect, if it's possible. If there's a crack in their character, he will have a way in. But God has come that he will repair the breach, amen, to amen, to rebuild, amen, to reboot, amen, restructure. My God, help us, Lord, that your f- holy fortress will stand firm, clean, amen, and strong, hallelujah, how do we do what God needs done? We got to allow God to come in and we got to obey him. He's going to instruct us and show us. And then we will will have that determination to represent Christ the way we ought to represent him to the secular world. The church is not quite ready to do that as a whole. I mean, the capital C-H Church. My God, the church needs to get right. There's so many not in Christendom that are saying, you Christians seem so confused. My God, what a reproach on the name of our Lord. How are we going to win others in Christ's name together? My God, we got to get together, my God, so that we can win the sinful world through the power, the resurrecting power, the salvation power of Jesus Christ. That's got to be our motive. Not having, amen, picnics and barbecues and such, and, and, and go out golfing and all kinds of social events. My God, what about the souls? We don't even care about our own soul. How are we going to care about somebody else's soul? My God. Seems like we could care less whether or not we're going to hell or not. How are we going to care about others? My God. We got to do like the old song says, get right, church, and let's go home. I'm going home on the morning train. Evening train's going to be too late. I'm going home, what, on the morning train. He's coming. Star of the morning, Jesus Christ. All right, God, he's going to crack the sky. Will you be ready? We got to let, amen, our frame of reference be unified if we're going to win the world. My God, we got to think like that. We got to improve our social skills as local covenant disciples. We got to learn to get along. Folks should come in this house and see us getting along through the Holy Ghost. Three main ideals are inclusive of being a true covenant disciple. How to relate with God, how to relate with others, and how to relate personally. Folks need to learn how to relate to their own self. Have a good talk with you, yourself, and I. Amen? Sit down with your other two selves and let the Lord come in there and straighten all three of y'all out. Amen? <laughs> then we'll learn how to relate to others. And then, amen, all the while, God will be showing us how to relate to him. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with who? God and man. Sometimes we're so spiritual and theological and ecclesiastical, but we can't get along with nobody. Here's the first main ideal, how to uh, be an effective covenant disciple. Covenant disciples must know how to relate with God. Proverbs 21.3 says to do justice and judgment, is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, right? Getting along with others and doing the right thing in the world is better than all this religious stuff we're doing. You could be all religious, religified, as I'm making up a word, amen, but amen, not showing forth that you have been made over by God. And if you're not made over by God, you're none of his. You're not intimate with him. He's going to say, depart from me. I know you're not. But some people miss the memo that God said, I, I, I don't know you. But they, they let it be all in the clutter of their soul. It's up under the rug somewhere next to that old tuna fish sandwich up under there shivering. My God, they, let, they lost the memo. They, 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 they left the Lord. They, they, they still think they're in there. They're doing all these exploits. Why? Because God gives gifts without repentance. He'll give, give, give. He's the prodigal father. But we think we are in there. But amen, when your time comes, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, your soul, your spirit will go up now and be judged. Will you be ready? Hear what thus saith the Lord. The day you what? Hear his voice. Don't harden your heart and stand that thing. Let the Holy Ghost come in and show you a new thing. We get all cozy in me, myself, and I that we can't hear the newness of God. God needs to break up that, amen, that uh, innate fellowship because we were born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. God needs to come in and break up that fellowship Come in like a mighty rushing wind. Shed the glorious light of his presence all up in there. Amen. In the deep recesses of our being, in the core of our being, and come in and be the Savior. Not just some idea. I'm not, amen, doing this because of some concept of God. I have, amen, met the real living God. Oh, how he walks with me. Oh, how he talks with me and tells me that I am his own. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm a living Christian. Hallelujah jesus lives in me i'm a living christian a living sacrifice god is yet making me holy so i can be acceptable unto god amen every single day you got to get it right with god every single day hallelujah we got to do right we must surrender all to god to stay completely committed to him this is not supposed to be based on the laws of God, but on the what? Love he gave. Don't just copycat law stuff. Let the love of Jesus himself, he's love. Let him come in there. He's going to show you how to do those things and help you, enable you to do them. God gave his son, Christ Jesus, because of that love. More importantly, it is when he did it. While what? We were yet sinners. That's saying something. That's when Christ died for us. God is not like the small G gods of this earth. He died in our place to redeem us back for his purpose. When we commit to do his will, it will not hurt our family and it will not hurt us. Sin does a good enough job of that, doesn't it? We are uh, strung out on sin at times. I know when God first met us, we were, and uh, he's still trying to help us sober up a little bit here and there. There's some sobering that still needs to be done. Otherwise, he wouldn't say revival needs to come in the room. Amen? If if God is saying revival is needed, that means something in the room is not clean. That means there's a dead cat on the line somewhere. So! thin and the milk is not clean. Hallelujah. There's sin in the camp. My God, when we are strung out on sin, it will do our family harm and it will do us harm. There's a way out. So you got to tell the gloom and doom, but then the way out looks better, doesn't it? We can be reconciled back to God through his escape plan letting Christ be our substitute payment for our sins by surrendering our will in exchange for his. Until we do that, there will be a constant fight between Satan, the secular world, and our flesh and our will all against God's will. We must ask ourselves, whose side am I on anyway? That's only main idea. Ideal number one. Covenant disciples must know how to relate with God. Now let's go to main ideal number two. Covenant disciples must know how to relate with others. This is a little bit longer. My God. Ten commandments. What are they all about? Four for God. How many for us? Six. God always got to deal with us a little longer. My God. So, let's look at how to relate with others. The two church members that are are mentioned in Philippians 4, if you ever read that, were hindering the ministry of the church. Two women, they needed encouragement to submit to heaven's program of conflict resolution. In Philippians 4 verse 2, we find that this woman, Euodia, And another one named Syntyche, they were women in the church at the church of Philippi, uh, which were having difficulty getting along together. It doesn't necessarily have to be two women. It could be two men. It could be a woman and a man, you know, whatever, whoever, my God, whoever the problem is between. You see what I'm saying? But God is showing us how a difficult thing can be turned around. We are not uh, given details as to the uh, cause of their disagreement. And perhaps it is just as well that we don't know because we'll try to make a doctrine out of it. <laughs> the Apostle Paul used the word implore twice to show that the uh, exhortation is addressed. That the exhortation is a warning is addressed just as much to one as the other. So, both were getting one. Wasn't one looking better than the other? Because uh, uh, any little sin is, big, is a big sin. Amen. Paul urges them to be of the same mind. Where? In the Lord. It is impossible for us to be united in all things in daily life, but as far as the things of the Lord are concerned, it is possible for us to submerge our petty personal differences in order that the Lord may be magnified and his work advanced. Amen. Conflicts. How to resolve disagreements. You know the word has something to say, has something to say about that? Conflict is inevitable in personal relationships. It is humanly impossible to live in total harmony with others at all times. Well, no wonder Lisa and I need to repent every day. My God. No, just as a little wife and husband jokey joke, Amen. I love my Boo. Thank God and my Boo loves me. You know, Jesus told his disciples how to settle disputes between believers. Check out Matthew eighteen, fifteen through twenty. I don't have time to read the whole thing, but uh, in other words, uh, God is showing us um, how his spirit works as an agent to bring justice in the following steps, fourfold steps. Number one, you, you approach somebody alone. That's the first step. What if that doesn't work? The second level is you go with one or two other folk, amen, to confront and to, you know, speak about the issue. The third level is you go before the church, see? And then the fourth level is sometimes after the uh, discussion and the prayerful discussion and everything, uh, the Bible uses a wording that means excommunication, if needed. Paul resolved his conflict with John Mark. Which uh, had developed between the first and second missionary journeys of Paul in Acts chapter fifteen, of verses thirty-six through forty-one. John warned Christians not to hate each other in First John four twenty and twenty-one. The Bible offers several steps to resolving conflict and settling disagreements among his people, especially since disagreement can affect what the whole church. You can have something going on in this one corner, but it will affect what? The whole church. My God. Three things we need to think about. Well, number one, Scripture admonishes the believer to face the conflict. Sometimes that's hard. Two, forgive the conflict. And three, move beyond the conflict. You see? Let's look at face the conflict you have to acknowledge its existence and accept its impact. Some people are afraid to do that. We want to enable folk before we are truthful to them. The Bible says what? Speak the truth in love. Love will help you get correct, and you got to do it. You got to be uh, that man that goes before the king and say, you are the man. He wasn't giving him his props when he said that. (laughs) Nathan was telling David a story and David said, wow, the person that did that, oh my goodness, he needs this, he needs that, he needs to be punished. And then Nathan said, you are the one. But people need to be able, enabled by the Holy Ghost now to go without, anger, without sinful anger and go and, and, and confront my God, sit down peacefully and talk. Christ advised his disciples to go immediately, don't wait too long, immediately and directly to the person and discuss the grievance. Matthew 18, 15 said so. Others should be enlisted to uh, mediate the conflict only if the conflict cannot be resolved one-to-one, according to Matthew 18, verses 16 and 17. And then scripture instructs the believer to forgive the conflict, to put the disagreement behind and move ahead in harmony once it has been what? Resolved. Resolved, that's a big word because some folks think, you know, that we could give a half-hearted talk and still harbor something, you know, holding on a little this, hold on a little to this and that, and then uh, we can move over in a sloppy, slippery way. But no, we have to have a complete resolve do you want a glass that's kind of clean and you drink out of it? No. You want milk that's kind of fresh and drink it. Yeah. You want a meal that's 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 you know kind of done right. I don't know maybe a couple of flies got in there. We 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 waved them off. It's all right. Go go ahead and eat that. See how y'all acting? No. It was that resolved? No. What did what did Solomon say? You know. When a wise person is has a little folly in their life, it's like a, a, a fly got in the ointment. You done mess things up. That that little spirit has now compromised things. That bad thoughts compromise things. We can't have a resolve. We can't expect folk to roll over and we just keep on keeping on. Hallelujah anyhow, nothing. No, let's get it right first. Then we can hallelujah anyhow. Amen. Yodia and Syntyche were encouraged to replace their bitterness with gentleness. Replace what with what? Bitterness with what? Gentleness. Sometimes people could be a gentle witch. I'm going to curse you now. All right. Wow. You know, cute. Witches can be cute, beautiful, but they are burning hell. My God. They'll cuss you down, put their hacks on you and everything after they hug and kiss you loose out of here. I know because I work with some. My God, hallelujah, anyhow. Those who hear the podcast, it might be you. I don't know. Do like the disciples say, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? (laughs) Hallelujah, anyhow. I ask the Lord that every day so I could get right. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a warlock. Hallelujah. Is it I, Lord? Get me right. Hey, shine a light from heaven if you find anything that shouldn't be. Take it out and strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Yodia and Syndicate were encouraged to replace their bitterness with gentleness and to live in peaceful harmony. What kind of harmony? Peaceful, but harmonious. My God, you have to have that core just right. My God, then we can rejoice in the Lord, according to Philippians 4, verses 2 through 7. You know, scripture also encourages the believer to move beyond the conflict. Once it's resolved, there's no need to keep bringing it up, right? Oh, oh yeah, I'm still mad at you. Yeah, I know this happened a few decades ago, but yeah, but I'm, oh, I'm mad at you. What is going on? You know, Paul resolved his grudge. Yes, he had a grudge. There was a grudge match. WWE, in this corner, Paul, in this corner, that little sniffling mama's boy, Mark, wanted to go back home to his mama. Paul had a grudge with him. He said, I thought you were ready, man. This is men's work. Go home to your mama then. Whatever. Paul resolved his grudge though and sought opportunities to minister with him. Compare Acts fifteen verses thirty six through forty one when Paul and Barnabas had a had a heated you know discussion with great contention about Mark Mama Boy Mark. Paul was like, "Well, Barnabas, you like him so much, you go with him. I'll go with Silas." Amen. Paul and Silas was bound in jail, had no money to pay their bail. They kept their faith in the Lord and they held on, my God. But, but Barnabas was, was somewhere with Mark trying to help him grow up, my God. Come, now compare that with 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 11, when Paul was deserted by a lot of folk. He named about three or four folk, and, but, but he chose Mark to accompany him. He said, bring Mark. So he had then patch things up. Mark then grew up, my God he laid aside the mammary gland and moved on in the Lord's name. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. Now, Jesus reminded the Pharisees of the greatest commandments to love the Lord and to love who? Your neighbor. Amen. Thank God, I used to like Veggie tales. When you love your neighbor, Amen. And they had the little kids singing that and teaching them. I say, pause the tape. Remember, you were mad at each other. Yeah, you got to love your neighbor, Amen. <laughs> thank God, thank God. But the Bible teaches that in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through forty. The desire of God is for his children. He's talking about all of us, amen, his people, to live in harmony, not disharmony. Why do we move forward when there's disharmony? I do not know. We got to get the chord right, amen? Be in rehearsal till they're singing it right, amen? Christians are to resolve conflict with others by replacing discord with love. What is one of the things God hates? Sowers of discord among who? His people. Amen. We can't do that. The emphasis is not punitive when he's saying that, but it's redemptive. Uh, He's trying to help. Amen. He wants to make it clean. The impediment must come out of the drink, then he'll let you drink it. Amen. He's going to clean the vessel, then fill it, then let you have it. Amen. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 2, 5 through 11, it shows how to deal with people who cause grief. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 and 15, shows us how to deal with people who cause trouble due to their idleness. My God. Now, let's look at main ideal number three. Covenant disciples need a proper personal perspective, how to deal with yourself. Ah, you got to look at the man in the mirror. I don't know what Michael Jackson was talking about, but he had a point. It is very important that everyone associated with this church and with Christ's church at large, amen, reach their potential, amen. The late gospel preacher, conference speaker, and seminary president Charles W. Kohler believed that through Christ, you can be what you ought to be, based on Philippians 4.11. Do what you ought to do based on verse 13 of that scripture and have what you ought to have based on verse 19 of that scripture and all of that to the glory of God. You don't do whatever you want and say to God, be the glory. No, God's glory has to come in you and do a work in you. And then of course he will not bring a disdain on his own name. He's going to help his name be glorified. He's going to help his name be glorified because amen. Every word that he speaks, it's going to accomplish what it is set out to do. Amen. God will say, let there be, and it's going to happen. Thank God. Did you have the let there be pronounced by God over your life? Or did you just go on in in innate sinfulness and strife? My God, that'll be a good lyric for somebody to sing. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Now be careful about the quality of your ambition. Talking about personal stuff. Still prideful ambition is a hindrance to the emerging individual potentials being reached in our church right here, the local assembly. And, and the church at large, which is a living system directed by God. The church is a living organism, not just an organization. Yes, there's organizational things you got to know, and I have a degree in, uh, a master's degree in organizational management, but that does not quite help me with the spiritual organism. Amen. I need the revelation of truth from the living Word of God to help me with that. Amen. And I will speak as God tells me to speak. I have to reprove, rebuke at times. Amen. Whether people are shouting glad or hopping mad, whatever, however you say that. Amen. I don't care. I'm going to speak the truth. Amen. And I could be a flat-footed, Amen. Cold blooded prophet when I have to be because that anointing is on me and I will do it and say it. Amen. And it doesn't affect my heart because I don't wear my, my, my feelings on my shoulder, on my prophetic shoulder. No. Thank God. I'm going to tell you like your TIS is. Amen. Whether you like it or not. And don't be mad at me. I'm just the messenger. God said it. Amen. I've I've pronounced things in this church as God has led me. Folks have scoffed things that I have said, but the Bible says what? Despise, not prophesize. I means don't despise what the Holy Ghost is saying. And I know when the Holy Ghost is telling me something, I say it, and I look around, and folks are looking, amen, and scoffing, my God, and cutting down my words. But amen, you judge me by the word of God that comes out of my mouth. If it doesn't happen, I'm not his prophet thank God I will say what he tells me to say. And a lot of and most of the times, I have to be quiet. That's the other part of prophecy, being quiet. I've been quiet sometimes on things for 10 years. And then Lisa was ready. She said, you know what, this and this and that. I said, honey, I've been waiting for 10 years. God said, don't say a word. Then the two walked together in agreement and we moved forward. And I had to meet with high officials, and I said, this is not a contest of our wills, but it is about the will of God. And I said, well, thus saith the Lord, and moved on. Hallelujah. Anyhow, you got to be a man of God. Uh, God grew me up. I'm not a little boy anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Threw away the pamper years ago. And I'm and I. I'm of, I'm of the age, I didn't have a pamper. I had a cloth diaper. Amen. My mama right there, she'll, she'll tell you, Amen. Clothes What do you call the the, the pin? What do you call the little pen? Not clothes, the diaper pen. Thank you. And she didn't stick me. Amen. She could do it with such grace and elegance. And I tried to do it to my younger siblings. Ah, I used, usually stuck my thumb. One time I stuck them a little bit. Oops. Ah, so I'm my bad. sir. Oops. Mama gonna get me on that one, Lord. But I can't do it like Mama. How she do that? My God, but see all of that little boy stuff? Now I've what? Grown up. I put away childish things. Hallelujah, God. And it's a good thing I put away childish things. So now my mama could see me grown up, taking care of my family, taking care of my house, taking care of my career. Amen. She had me with little wooden blocks, teaching me my ABCs and my one, two, threes. Gave my speech there. Yeah, I used to go across the street to a little school, little store and everything. She would let me go get milk or whatever I need. Go across right now. Go ahead now. Go across. Bring the right chain. I will rehearse it in my mind. Milk, eggs, cheese. Milk, egg, she, milk, egg, cheese. Don't forget milk, egg. What do you need, sir? Milk, egg, cheese. And give me my change, please. And I knew how much because she rehearsed that. Ain't let nobody cheat my mama. One time some dude was in there in the laundromat trying to step up to my mama. I got between them. I said, she's married. I don't know what I was going to do with my little four or five years old self or however old I was. I was a little thing. I I knew I was going to take him down. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. Look at all them years God has brought me. Teaching me how to be a man. And now I am a man. And now I'm ready. God will help you get ready. He used my mom and my dad to help me get ready. Fixed the microphone my own self. While they was dilly-dallying with bad kids on the stage, I went over there. I said, I don't got time for this. I fixed it myself. She said, oh, I got to help the young man with the mic. Oh, she said, oh, he did it already. There she go. my mom right there. Amen. I gave my speech. And the rest is history. The mic never left my hand. Mike gone hallelujah anyhow god is good but i thank god how i grew up church we got to grow up but we can't do it with what prideful ambition it's got to be god's will paul changed his motive He aligned his will with God's. First, he was against the church, against God's new movement. He was like, "Uh uh-uh, this is not what God was saying, This tut, tut, tut. He had went through and came out clean on the other side, as clean as he thought he was. Amen. Uh, All the schools, he knew all the scriptures and everything. It's like having a big college degree, and he came out of there, but God had to knock him literally off of his high horse and spiritually at the same time. He lost his physical sight, but gained his spiritual sight, uh, and he he began to hear the voice of the Lord. I am Jesus. Why are you doing these things to me? You done it to the to the people. You did it to me. Amen. And God rearranged Paul's spirit. My God, he, 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 he had to make accommodation for himself in the new place called the temple of Paul. My God. And the temple, the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came on in there. My God changed him. Had to go get baptized and, and humbled himself before the people of God folks were scared of him. They like, well, that's Paul. He terrorized the church. My God, killing folk. My God, my God, my God. But God changed him. God changed him. Now he's not, he wasn't self-centered in his doom anymore. Because you could take steps up, a, a prideful ambition, up to a self-centered doom. But Paul took steps downward in mobility towards a Christ-centered deliverance. Isn't God good? We have a choice to make, people of God. We might choose to be an overzealous, demeaning kind of person that is avoided by others, according to Philippians 3, 4 through 6, scriptures for it, or led by God to bring hope, to bring good courage. Amen. Thank God I got good courage in me. My parents gave it to me. Amen. We got to give it what to the next generation? I pray that the grandmamas and granddaddies, if there's great grandmamas and great granddaddies alive, that they could give it to the great grandbabies too. Each generation got to help. The next one What do better. I want to see better. My mom and dad did the best they could, but they couldn't pay my college. My God, they helped me to get to a point that hopefully I could, amen, have the wherewithal to help and finish pay my kids college. We began a good work, but God's going to help us and enable us to finish and complete it in Jesus' name without diminishing all of my, amen, retirement money. But I want my kids, amen, we want, we want every generation what to do better. Church gotta be like that. There's new generations coming up in the church. What are the old people gonna be all in crutches and stuff? So I'm gonna like, give me the mic. I'm still the preacher. Uh, you can't hardly stand up. Let the young men, you should have been untaught them by now, let them carry it on. My God, carry on, young people. Carry on. Call the young because they're strong. Call the older because they know the way. Teach the way, older. Find your place. Teach. You should be teaching. You've been delivered. The Lord delivered you. Why should you be bound? You've been delivered. You've been running with Jesus a long time and not tired yet. Teach the young people to have the resolve of being able to hear the voice of the Lord. So many don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord. Why? Because the older are not teaching them how to get to that point. We got to testify to them. We got to have help them to have a loving camaraderie so that we could give them that gift. We may not have money to give, but we should be able to give them that spiritual gift, amen, of knowing the Lord, hearing his voice. We got to pass that on. We got to do it. We got to make a choice. The devil wants to stop that process. He wants us to be demeaning, when folks uh, will avoid us, because 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 it feels like a like a cringy uh, a, a letdown. People don't want to feel that it tastes bitter. It's nasty, but we want to have that that honeycomb kind of anointing, where it's sweet to the taste. My God, and sometimes, Amen. There's a little bit of an herb we gotta give because sometimes the Word of God works as a bitter herb, but it goes down smooth. Amen. But we don't want to be stank going in and stank coming out. My God, that's not going to help anybody. My God, we have a choice. Will we be hellish hindrances or heavenly helpers? Which one? When all is said and done as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must allow him to work on us to be without spot and without wrinkle. He knows our hearts. And, and when he judges our attitudes, will we be found lacking the needed qualities to be his lights in a dark world, will we? Will the secular world be able to taste the difference and learn about God, will they? It should be our prayer that we do not have a Romans ten twenty one kind of persona. Let's work to make our heavenly friend smile. Who's your heavenly friend? I pray it's Jesus. Philippians 3, 4 through 6 in Altice is showing us truth about the overzealous, demeaning road that folks could take to become egocentric in their soul. Such souls need to realize before it's too late that their eyes don't have it. You know how they say their eyes have it in their voting and stuff. But in this spiritual kind of context, no, the eyes don't have it. Uh, I could have, it says in the scripture, I could have confidence, as Paul is giving his testimony, I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone, if anybody could. He had a lot to brag about. He said, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand uh, the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without faults. My God, but we don't want to be overzealous and demeaning, do we? Folks are going to run away from us like they ran away from Paul at first. My God, Philippians 3, 8 through 10 in the NLT. This is regarding the promoter of life, resurrection road. That's the road you want to walk on. It's for compassionate souls that love others. Amen. And Christ is your testimony. It says in Philippians 3, 8 through 10, yes, everything else is worthless, Paul said. In other words, rubbish in the King James. When compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus, Jesus, our Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain and become one with Christ. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law that I could, you know, be religious. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on that faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. My God. Remember this revival summary verse, Romans ten twenty-one. We don't want to have that persona. It's a sad case. It says, But regarding Israel, God said, quote, All day, all day long, I opened my arms to them but they were disobedient and rebellious. End quote. Do we want that to be on God's mind when we're trying to live our own rebellious way? Seems like the right way. Paul thought he was right, but he was, you know, he was correctly wrong. He was ambitiously wrong. My God, he needed improvement. We don't want God's arms to be open to us but we go away from him in disobedience and rebellion. He's saying, go one way, we go on another. He's saying, no, do this. We're doing the other thing. He said, go up, we go down. He said, go down, we go up, we go opposite of God. Who's that? That's the devil, my God. He opposes the move of God. But this is a revival message for us to become covenant disciples and God wants to become our divine confidant. Yes, he wants to be one we could trust in, one we could pour our heart out to. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. Jesus will help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus. Yes, you could tell Jesus and he won't blab it all over the street. My God, and he won't, amen, dish you in front of others. My God, He will help you. Amen. Jesus alone. We got to be like that. Jesus is going to be like that to us. He wants us in turn to become who he is and uh, let the mind of Christ be in our mind and he's going to transform us. We become uh, like a lamb of God. Amen. God transform me till I what? Become a lamb of God. It's a sacrificial life, a living sacrifice. Don't forget, living sacrifice. We make a sacrifice. We live for others. We keep our mouth shut until God says different. Amen. And in that that process, in the interim, we're doing what God said to do. Sometimes he says, be quiet. Amen. A lot of times he will say that. Sometimes he will say, go on ahead. When your heart is made right and your lips are made even more right, then he can trust you to go on ahead and say what he has commissioned for you to say. And it will be a build up. It will be a construct if it's in the house of God, if it's to help God's people, if it's to help the family to be less dysfunctional. Hallelujah. God wants to do that. He wants to use you like that. He wants to use me like that? Are we going to be helpful as heaven would have it? Are we going to stay cantankerous and hell bound? My God, in in a stench of an attitude. My God, with walls all up. My God, you can't help me. I'm going to be like this. This is what we're saying. No, but we got to break those walls down. Let God come in. Let him have his way. Let him be your redeemer. Let him be, amen, the one that that transforms you, renews your your mind. You could be older chronologically, but God can still what? Renew your mind. Sometimes we've been in church too long. We think we can't have our mind renewed, but the devil is a liar. I want God to come in like a mighty rushing wind. Renew me. Hallelujah. Renew my mind in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I know. You're able. Do exceeding abundantly above what we could ask or think. Come in like a mighty rushing wind. Change me for the better. Oh, I need And raise your hands as the Holy Ghost is being breathed freshly upon us right here. And right now, renew me, Lord. Renew me, Lord. Hallelujah. I need to be renewed. Hallelujah. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me, I pray. In the name of Jesus, you're able. Consecrate me now, thou great Jehovah, with the power of love divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord, to that precious bleeding side. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.